0: This is the second podcast episode in our series of Survivor Conversations, in which Viv and I talk about some of the common challenges faced by survivors of childhood sexual abuse. Today we're going to chat about trauma responses, which can sometimes be diagnosed as mental health conditions. And we're all familiar with the stereotype of childhood sexual abuse survivors being traumatised, and obviously there's an element of truth in that but we would really like others to recognise that our traumas don't have to define us. And many of us learn positive ways to live with our past experiences that make us stronger and more resilient. Trauma is not a life sentence. Lots of people experience traumatic events and then go on to live happy and healthy lives. And the fact is that trauma responses are perfectly normal. If you've had an accident or been the victim of a crime it's natural to feel frightened and anxious both during the event and for some time afterwards and having the right support is a key factor in how quickly we move on from this. Viv you've been involved with Drop the Disorder which challenges the culture of mental health diagnosis in favour of a trauma-informed approach. Would you like to tell us a bit about that?
1: Yeah they're just a really extraordinary group of people um, who are campaigning in a very focused way and a very effective way around um the pathologization of distress so um underpinning most not all um uh mental health disorders so-called disorders are um you know are people's distressing life experiences whether that's uh childhood sexual abuse or or other forms of uh gender based violence or whether it's bereavement or systemic racism, or whatever it is that people experience, um, then their their reactions to, their very normal reactions to those events and responses to those events uh, are pathologized and turned into uh, mental health conditions. Um, That's, I don't know they would express it better. It's definitely worth everyone looking them up because they're just brilliant. And so I think what um, they have a tagline, which is like, it's not about what's wrong with you. It's about what's happened to you. And then they're looking at um, how services and psychiatrists and psychologists and counselors can approach their work in a non pathologizing way. And so it's, yeah, it's a really comprehensive thing. Very inspiring. Have you come across them at all, Emma?
0: Um I have I've I've heard of them, yes. Um and certainly my sort of my my own experience of um receiving counselling in the past um has has often been um geared towards the the belief that I have a, a mental health condition or I may have had a mental health condition and I think as I've grown older what I've recognised is that you know my responses to events that I experienced in childhood and the coping mechanisms that I developed afterwards you know didn't necessarily indicate that I had a mental health condition at all it it, it, it indicates that um I had to learn ways to deal with some very traumatic experiences in childhood. Um, and and I'm I, I know that for some people it can be helpful to have have a kind of recognized diagnosis um that allows them to 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 feel that you know there's a um there's a way to treat what's wrong with them. And but I'm certainly personally speaking I I I didn't find it helpful, always helpful um to have that. I think it's 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 been more helpful to me to to kind of look at it as a whole and recognise that the experiences I had in childhood, you know, weren't normal experience as such. Um, they were traumatic and they were difficult. And I responded appropriately to those. Um, and that, that that makes more sense to me than the idea that there's been something wrong with me.
1: Yeah, absolutely, because it's quite victim blaming, isn't it? It's um, you know, rather than the problem being that people perpetrate abuse. problem is then that the person the victim has uh is having a response to that you know so a lot of the um you know some of the symptoms that uh, are used to diagnose people are, are things like someone being angry or being challenging around authority but you know i was abused by a school teacher you know and it's like so i've i have been challenging around authority uh, for most of my life and with really good reason because mm-hmm. why Why would I trust uh, people in positions of authority unless they're behaving in really trustworthy ways and so anything where there's a really like unequal power relationship where someone is abusing their power in even in very subtle ways I'm really sensitized to because that's you know that's played out really badly for me in my life that's not anything wrong with me.
0: I, th- I think I think that's key, isn't it? Is recognizing that it's perfectly rational to respond t- to events like that in a in a certain way. Um, and you know, I think w- one of one of the one of the things that I've kind of struggled with as I've got older is is obviously I remember what happened to me in childhood, but I don't always remember it in uh, like in chronological order or in a co- or in a coherent fashion. I can I can sort of remember things that are like flashbulb moments. I remember some things really, really clearly, vividly, and and other things are hazy and difficult and hard to put in context. Um, and I know that you mentioned in our last podcast about the fact that you didn't remember the abuse that happened to you until uh, you know until you were well and truly into adulthood. Um, mm. And again, I think that's you know th- these are these are trauma responses that are kind of normal in the context, but others sometimes find them difficult. And I think this is where you get um ideas around you know false memory syndrome or that or or accounts of survivors being inconsistent and i think it's quite important to recognize that the brain responds to trauma in a way that protects us
1: yeah 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 it's a massive barrier isn't it to sort of getting any sort of justice um yeah because i i didn't remember anything until i was 29 and um you know that was because i dissociated and diso- you know i had a sort of long ongoing experience of abuse uh, you know from very young up until the age of 10 and so um dissociation was just where i lived you know that was normal and for a long time that was very frustrating you know when i did start to remember it was really frustrating to not be able to like to feel as bad as i felt but not to really know what it was and i you know the way that i um started to piece things together was really through my through connecting with my body you know and uh dance you know dance has always been part of my life but doing sort of therapeutic dance and finding listening to my body and what it was telling me was how how i you know started to piece things together so it became less frustrating now I'm just really grateful. I mean, who wants to remember that stuff? Now I know what went on. (laughs) Like, I don't want to know. I don't want to actually have those full memories. So I'm grateful to my brain for doing that. And it's interesting, you know, so one of the regular speakers at um, Drop the Disorder is Dr. Akima Thomas, who um, runs the Women and Girls Network. Incredible speaker who talks about revolutionary love a lot. And I like that. Um, But she also talks about how, women and girls, that's her work, um, resist abuse in every way they possibly can. And she includes um, dissociation as a form of resistance, which I found really empowering when when I heard her say that, every time I hear her say that actually, because I think I'd accepted it as a coping strategy or a survival strategy, but to think of it as a form of resistance of how I survived and. You know, and all the, you know, I've used a lot of drugs and alcohol to as coping strategies. But, she, you know, she talks about all those things as ways in which women and girls resist abuse by surviving it, you know, yeah. by getting through it. So, um yeah, I think that's an interesting perspective. You know, there's a lot of stuff, isn't there, where we think as soon as we're st- talking about mental health conditions and we're pathologizing uh, people who are traumatized, then we're sort of seeing them as some diminished in some way or defective in some way, and actually to see us as um, as you know a strengths based approach to how how we're we're viewing ourselves and how we view each other is is really empowering to think like that.
0: I, th- I think so too. I think I think one of the many reasons that that survivors can find it difficult to talk about their experience is this idea that that if you've been through child abuse as a, as a, you know being through abuse in childhood that that you are damaged for life that you're 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 always going to be this tragic figure um, that you probably don't ever recover that it affects everything and 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 many of those things have a basis in fact you know i, I don't think that you ever recover as such from child abuse but you learn to live with it you learn you can learn positive ways to live with it because you know there's the idea of post-traumatic growth as well where you 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 deal with the the consequences of a traumatic experience and and it enables you to be more resilient and stronger um so i do think you know there is there is it's i love the the idea that um you know the idea of resistance dissociation dissociation as an act of resistance. i think that's that's lovely. and and why wouldn't it be because you know when you're when you're in the middle of uh, you know when you're living through traumatic experiences, um you know the idea of of not you know you don't do it consciously, obviously, but to subconsciously take a step back and remove yourself from that situation, it's the i suppose it's the psychological psychological equivalent of 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 looking away from what's happening so yes I think Mm -hmm. I would I would identify that the idea of it being an act of resistance and that makes it sound so much more kind of positive and um and, and and there's an element I suppose of giving you back kind of a little bit of power and control if you have you know if you if you if you can look back and think so I dissociated you know as a as a positive act of resistance as opposed to something that I had no control over
1: yeah 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 clever brains yeah designed to do exactly that you know it's a primal thing we're designed to do that and um yeah it is interesting to think of it like that
0: I I think I, I think it's really helpful I think as survivors we're so often told that you know the trauma that we experience can you know potentially define us forever and I think that if we can find new ways of interpreting it of understanding it of living with it I think that's all you know Uh, it's much brighter and positive and I think helpful to survivors more widely to see it that way rather than you know just the weight of our experiences you know forever bearing down upon us
1: yeah yeah as ever it's all about um sort of the cultural you know what's accepted culturally and how that impacts on us and actually you know the whole conversation always is about individuals and how they you know what's wrong with them how they cope how they can be more mindful or resilient how they can get better and never about how the cult, how does the culture need to change so that it's a, a manageable place for survivors to live because mm-hmm. there's so many of us you know how does the culture change so that people don't abuse children <laughs> you know yeah, yeah. it's like you know I mean it's, that's really established isn't it in the whole, in conversations about rape and things like that adult um sexual assault you know where all those Things that are now seen as outrageous about, you know, commenting on how a woman was dressed or whether she had drunk alcohol. You know, that's really understood clearly by most people as uh, victim blaming. Uh, and you know, the problem is that men rape, not not that women get raped. And it's the same with childhood sexual abuse. You know, that's where we need to be looking and thinking about what needs to change, not with us. We're great. You know, <laughs> most, some of the
0: lots, lots, and lots of the best people I know are survivors. I don't know any survivors who aren't who haven't learned to be strong and resilient. And you know, find ways forward from impossible situations. And I, you know, I have a, I have admiration for um, for each and every one of them. And you know, I, you know, we both know we come into contact with an awful lot of them. And 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 that's I would like to see that celebrated more. I'd like to see a recognition that actually survivors are, you know, strong and brave and honest and. Um, you know and resilience ultimately um which leads us quite nicely into um next week's podcast we're going to be talking about the difference it can make to survivors to be able to talk openly about that experience and how it helps us to move forward and how it helps us to integrate more fully into society as a whole which can only be a good thing so thanks again that's been really good i've enjoyed that good chat today
1: Oh, it's really great to talk to you, Emma, always. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay then.